Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it with you all. If you like this show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. The genre of horror is a fascinating one, a way of delving into our fears and exploring them for our entertainment. Today, I'm covering some of the more famous horror authors whose writing I'm sure most of you have heard of, especially those of you that love to read, although all three of them have had their books adapted to movies. The first author wrote a cornerstone of classic horror, creating a monster that has become as popular as Count Dracula. That is Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein on one very dreary trip with friends. Born August 30th, 1797, as Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin, she was the daughter of writers William Godwin and the famed feminist Mary Wollstonecraft. Her mother died shortly after her birth, and William Godwin took in Mary and her mother's oldest daughter, Fanny Imlay, who had a different father. When Mary was around four, her father married Mary Jane Claremont, and her stepmother had two children of her own that she brought to the family, and later on had a son— so Mary had two half-siblings and two step-siblings in total. Mary and her stepmother did not get along. While her stepsister Claire was sent away to school, her stepmother did not see any reason for Mary to get an education. While she was not educated formally, though, the family regularly entertained guests like Samuel Taylor Coleridge and William Wordsworth, and she would read books from her father's large libraries, sometimes taking books to read at her mother's grave. Her father also tutored her in many subjects and would take the children on educational outings, and she had a governess. She apparently would also daydream quite a lot as a way to cope with the challenging life she had at home. She found an outlet in writing. According to The Life and Letters of Mary Wollstonecraft, she explained that, As a child, I scribbled, and my favorite pastime during the hours given to me as recreation was to write stories. Her first publication was Monsieur Nongtongpa in 1807 through her father's publishing company when she was just 10. Percy Shelley was an acquaintance of Mary's father's and married when they met, but when Mary was 16 and Percy was 21, he was estranged from his wife and the two left England together, taking Mary's stepsister with them and traveling to Europe until they ran out of money and had to return home. She was pregnant by this time, and Mary's father, who didn't approve of the relationship, did not speak to them for a long time after they returned. Percy, who was an aristocrat that wanted to support social programs, had difficulty accessing his family's money because they did not want him to waste it on political justice. The couple was poor, and Mary was often sick while pregnant, and Percy would regularly leave for short periods to avoid creditors. In February of 1815, Mary had her baby girl prematurely, and she lived only a few days, leaving her in a depression after that. But that summer, things started to turn around for them. Mary became pregnant again, helping to pull her out of her depression, and Percy inherited money from a grandfather, which helped him out of their financial problems. On January 24, 1816, Mary gave birth to their son William, who she named after her father, and nicknamed him Wilmouse when he was young. Then, in May of 1816, Mary, who was calling herself Mrs. Shelley, Percy, Mary's stepsister Claire, Lord Byron, and Lord Byron's physician, John Polidari, all went on a trip to Lake Geneva together. The summer was cold and wet, and the near-constant rain kept them indoors most of the time. 
One night, when they were all sharing ghost stories with one another, Lord Byron suggested they all come up with their own stories. At first, she struggled to come up with anything, and day after day told her companion she still had no story for them, until one night after discussions of the nature of the principle of life, she was unable to sleep. She began writing what was supposed to be a short story, but with Percy's encouragement, she was soon expanded into her first novel. This was Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus, which she would publish anonymously in 1818. This book is what would become her legacy and an enduring part of popular culture, even today. Percy and Mary finally married in December of 1816, although their marriage wasn't easy for her, and she often had to deal with Percy's interest in other women. While in theory she believed in open relationships, she struggled with the practice of it. Mary had her third baby, Clara, on September 2nd, 1817. After Frankenstein was published, it turned out to be a huge success, although most thought that Percy had written it since he wrote the introduction to it. The family moved to Italy after that, constantly moving around the country for several years before going back to England. Mary lost both of her children, with Clara dying in September of 1818 while they were in Venice, and William in June 1819 in Rome. She once again went into a deep depression, which isolated her from Percy for some time. Then, her fourth child, Percy Florence, was born on November 12, 1819, which helped her out of her depression, but she mourned her other children for the rest of her life, and would often have bouts of depression and illness. Then, in 1822, Percy drowned, and Mary became a widow at age 24. She wrote several more novels to support her and her son, including Valperga and The Last Man, and worked hard to promote her late husband's poetry. She passed away from cancer at the age of 53 in London on February 1, 1851. The next author's best-known work was actually required reading for me in high school. That was the short story of The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. She also wrote The Haunting of Hill House and We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Shirley was born December 14, 1916, in San Francisco, California, growing up in a nearby town. When she was a young teenager, she started to write short stories and poetry. When she was 17, her family moved east and she attended the University of Rochester for a year. She withdrew in 1936 to practice writing at home, writing at minimum a thousand words per day. The next year, she began at Syracuse University, publishing her first story, Janice, while attending there, and became the fictional editor of the campus's humor magazine. She also met her husband, aspiring literary critic Stanley Edgar Hyman, at Syracuse after winning a poetry contest. They founded a literary magazine titled Spectre, and then they both graduated in 1940. They moved to New York's Greenwich Village, and Shirley wrote every day while working odd jobs until she began to professionally write and have her work appear in publications like The New Yorker, The Saturday Evening Post, and The Ladies' Home Journal. Their first child was born during this time. In 1945, her husband was offered a teaching position at Bennington College, and they moved to an old house in Bennington, Vermont, where Shirley continued to write while raising the children and running the household. She published her first novel, The Road Through the Wall, in 1948. That same year is when The Lottery was published in The New Yorker. The short story is of a fictional rural town and its annual sacrifice of one of its members, which is revealed at the very end. It generated the largest amount of mail ever received by the magazine, and most of it was hateful. Readers were angry at the disturbing ending and confused by the possible underlying meanings of it. 
Despite that, it has since then been published in several languages and is still required reading in many high schools. It has been adapted for TV, radio, and even the stage. In 1949, they moved to Westport, Connecticut for a couple of years, and while there, Shirley published her second book, The Lottery or the Adventures of James Harris, a collection of short stories. Then, in 1951, they moved back to Vermont, and Shirley began writing her gothic novels, the first being Hangs a Man. Through the 50s, she would publish more books and short stories, and even wrote a play called The Bad Children. Then, in 1959, she wrote her best-known novel, The Haunting of Hill House, which has become the, quote, quintessential haunted house tale. The story is about four strangers who all come to the supposedly haunted Hill House with a Dr. Montague who is hoping to scientifically prove the existence of the supernatural. The book has been made into two feature films, both called The Haunting, and Netflix has a series that is loosely based on it. I saw the 1999 version of The Haunting when I was a kid at a sleepover, and it was honestly terrifying. In 1961, she received the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Louisa Please. In 1962, her last novel, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, was a bestseller and was included in the year's 10 Best Novels by Time magazine. The book was about two sisters that live with their ailing uncle, hardly ever leaving their home, isolated from and ostracized by the local village. Shirley was awarded the Parents Pioneer Medal for Outstanding Achievement from Syracuse University in 1965, but was too ill to attend. That year, on August 8th, she passed away unexpectedly from heart failure when she was just 48. Her husband published a posthumous anthology, The Magic of Shirley Jackson, a collection of short stories and three previously published novels, and Come Along With Me, the unfinished novel that Jackson was working on at the time of her death, along with 16 short stories and three lectures in 1968. In 1997, two of her children published... Just an Ordinary Day, a collection of many of Jackson's previously unpublished or uncollected short stories. In 2020, her life was depicted in the movie Shirley, starring Elizabeth Moss. The last author I'm covering today also wrote about the supernatural, but is best known for her books depicting another classic monster, Vampires. Anne Rice wrote Interview with a Vampire as her debut novel, followed by the sequels The Vampire Lestat and The Queen of the Damned, and kicked off what became known as The Vampire Chronicles, following the life of the vampire Lestat de Lioncourt. Born in New Orleans, Louisiana, on October 4, 1941, as Howard Allen O'Brien, she was named after her father, and Allen was her mother's maiden name but she hated this name from a young age, and when a nun asked her what her name was on her first day of school, she said Anne, thinking it was a pretty name and being self-conscious of her real one. It stuck and was legally changed when she was seven years old. When she was young, she lived in New Orleans, where many of her books are set, with her parents, grandmother, and older sister, Alice Borchardt, who also grew up to be a noted author of fantasy and horror. Her family was descended from Irish Catholics, and she went to a Catholic school. They lived in the Irish Channel in what she referred to as the Catholic ghetto. Her grandmother was an important influence on her, keeping the household together when Anne's mom sank into alcoholism. Her mother died from alcoholism when Anne was just 14. After her mother's death, her father placed her and her sister in St. Joseph's Academy, which Anne loathed. Then, in 1957, her father remarried, and a year later, the family moved to Richardson, Texas. 
and met Stan Rice for the first time in a journalism class at Richardson High School. After she graduated high school, she went to Texas Women's University for a year, then to North Texas State College for another year until she dropped out due to finances. Her and a former roommate went to San Francisco after that, working and taking night classes at the University of San Francisco. She would visit Stan when she went home to visit, and he would come out to visit her for a week during the summer. Stan later asked her to marry him, and she returned to Texas, and they were married on October 14, 1961, when she was 20, and a few weeks before he turned 19. The couple moved to San Francisco the following year and stayed there from 1962 until 1988. Both began attending San Francisco University and graduated from there, and Anne would later go back and get her Master of Arts. Her daughter Michelle was born in September of 1966, but in 1970 she was diagnosed with acute granulocytic leukemia and passed away in August of 1972. As a way to deal with her grief, Anne turned to writing, and she turned a short story into the novel Interview with a Vampire in 1973. It was rejected by several publishers at first, though, and Anne also developed OCD and became obsessed with germs. A year later, she finished therapy for it and met Phyllis Seidel at a conference who became her agent, and Interview with a Vampire was finally published in May of 1976. Her son Christopher was born in 1978, and Anne, who admitted she was an alcoholic, stopped drinking altogether in 1979 to avoid her son growing up the way she did with an alcoholic mother. Over the next several years, she wrote two historical novels, then several erotic novels under pseudonyms, then returned to writing the vampire novels with The Vampire Lestat and The Queen of the Damned. In 1988, they returned to New Orleans and she wrote The Witching Hour, starting a story about a family of witches and the first of the lives of the Mayfair Witches trilogy. She also continued the Vampire Chronicle series to have 10 novels in it in total and wrote a ghost story in 1997 called Violin. Interview with a Vampire was made into a movie starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in 1994. Queen of the Damned was made into a movie in 2002 starring Aaliyah as Queen Akasha. In 1998, she began to write Christian-based novels for about a decade and then returned to writing about the supernatural. Her husband passed away in 2002, and in 2005, she moved to California to be closer to her son. She still writes, and in May 2020, it was announced that AMC required the rights to the Vampire Chronicles and Lives of the Mayfair Witches to develop film and TV projects, and Anne and her son will serve as executive producers on any projects that are developed. She is a supporter of pro-choice and birth control movements and the LGBTQ plus community, and once said she's honored that some see Interview with a Vampire as a gay allegory. If you haven't read anything by these authors... I hope I've inspired you to do so. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session.